This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of Morning, Doc. Good to see you again. How are you doing? Yes, Gordon. I'm always well. How's it going with you? Well, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about our, our discussion uh, this morning with Dr. James Lapperman because it wasn't more than a week or so ago we had Dr. Ed Kutsia on <laughs> and you're a, a doctor of marketing. I've got another one here. I'm beginning to feel a bit intimidated and I think maybe I should just go out and make coffee or something. Well, just don't get ill because uh, I, I can't speak for James, but I'm not that type of doctor. I'll give you two bananas to tell you to lie down. <laughs> so, but we can certainly chat marketing and, and all the rest, yeah. Yeah, so we've got in studio, well, not in studio, on uh, sound with us today, uh, Dr. James Lapman from the UCT Liberty Institute of Strategic Marketing in Cape Town. I've worked with James. He is... One of the guys who is more than happy to give media a little chip into the marketing mix. So I'm always in his debt for giving me a platform to talk media down at Cape Town. So, James, how are you doing? Good to have you on the show. Greetings. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And listen, Gordon, you know, with the internet nowadays, I'm sure we can buy you a, a, a doctorate online somewhere. So, you know, we can maybe talk. We can maybe talk offline. You, you've certainly got the experience. We just need to get you a piece of paper now. Yeah, I believe I, I believe I can get it. Uh, uh, is it a P lit? If, if if it's sort of a doctor of anything but completely non-specific, is it a PhD lit or a doctor lit? Uh, the letters that go behind it, they don't actually have any meaning. But yeah, no, that's fine. I like the idea of buying a doctorate. I can see myself in a white coat with a with a stethoscope. <laughs> James, from Listen, my side, thanks for having me. Yeah, from our side, welcome. And it's great. You know, it's an exciting uh, 
project that you guys got going. And just full disclosure, Gordon, well done on, on you writing a chapter of, uh, on the book uh, that, that James and his team put together. And uh, we'll talk about that in, in a great detail now. Yeah, the book we're talking about is Marketing to South African Consumers, which was edited by James um, and then some of the other industry names uh, that you might recognize, Paul Egan, Gillian Wrightford, and Tabang Ramachasi. Mm. So, uh, you know, and the one thing which I have enjoyed about the book, uh, apart from the fact that it is uh, an open source book and available free to students, which I think is a marvelous initiative, and coming off the back of talking to Ryland Fisher about the kinds of things we can do to make us a better South Africa, this is a shining example of the things that we can do. Um, it, it's it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave it to you. you. You doctors, take it away. I'm going well, to just yeah. sit here and watch uh, in awe as you <laughs> as you strut as, your IQs. As, as the two doctors get into the into the operating theater. No, uh, Gordon, <laughs> yeah, it is it is great, and I think as a free resource. And I think the first thing is again we we ask people to go and download it. You know, it's a free source. It's available. Mm. Be part of the conversation, as we've always said. Now, as a, as a, I don't want to say as a youngster, as a young student of marketing, but as a South African, you know, go in, download the book, and read it. You know, I, I haven't had the chance to read it cover to cover yet, but certainly some of the highlights. So it's fantastic. So James, just uh, again, well done to you and your team. Uh, and I mean, do you want to just talk a little bit about the process, how you got it together? Uh, and then we can go into the details. You know, there's seven sections and I want to touch on some of those because they really are quite juicy sections that, that we can get into and, and, and delve a bit deeper into. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, you know, I think first, first and foremost, you know, as much as there are many South African uh, uh, interested in marketing to South African consumers, of course, uh, the book was designed uh, primarily as a textbook for, you know, for, for marketers um, at university level uh, wanting to learn the trade. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, the, the idea came from a number of years lecturing and teaching marketing and often, uh, you know, in prescribing textbooks, almost feeling a little bit guilty. You've got 400 students, um, you know, you've got a semester course. Some of these books are 800 pages. We're not going to go through it all. Um, the books are expensive. And as as you kind of uh, uh, yourself are familiar with, with kind of basic marketing principles, these are not things that should be kept behind firewalls or, or you know, in this case, kind of, you know, expensive textbook uh, uh, prices. And so uh, definitely got my mind thinking about, listen, you know, it's, it's take a little bit of effort, um, you know, have to do a bit of recruiting, but surely we can pull together a team who'd be willing to work on something like this for, uh, 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 for free, so yeah, that was kind of the the idea, and and you know the uh, at UCT where 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 I do most of my teaching, um, there are really a number of students that um, you know they've made it to UCT at great sacrifice to themselves and their families, and textbook prices are you know a, a, a big expense if you're doing eight courses uh, a year for a semester, and each course is you know prescribing a book of uh, you know five hundred, four hundred, you know eight hundred rand. Uh, yeah. It really, really does add up. So, um, yeah, we, we, we wanted to put something together to, to be a gift to students, a gift yeah. to, to marketers. And, and again, thanks and well done. And I mean, we'll, Gordon, you and I will post that link on our podcast, yes. uh, you know, and, and so that people can click on it, download it, get, you know, get, uh, be directed to it, etc. So, uh, so that's great. Um, James, just talking a little bit, I mean, and you know, your interests are obviously in the field of marketing, but closely linked to that is consumer behavior. Now, it's interesting for me, and just, you know, when I was going through my notes preparing for this podcast, I remember 30-odd 
years or never longer. When I was at Varsity as an undergrad, it was quite interesting because marketing was in one section and industrial psychology was where consumer behavior was housed. It was quite interesting. And I mean, I don't know how that's changed these days, you know, uh, in terms of bringing the two together because they are linked. I mean, it's no use doing marketing without, you know, you've got to market to the consumer. Absolutely. And I, I find that every now and again, I'll look in the kind of the psychology section of a uh, of a bookstore or a textbook store and I'll find, you know, consumer science and consumer psychology. And I'll be like, you know, not what is this doing here, but, you know, come shift that across to the marketing section. That's, you know, there, there needs to be better education on consumer behavior. And it's, it's something I'm a big advocate for in, um, uh, you know, in the companies that we work with at the uh, at the Institute is, you know, as a marketer, as a researcher, as a behaviorist, as a business person who's working uh, with consumer-facing brands, uh, one needs to be a student of consumer behavior. I mean, it's as it's as simple as that. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's there obviously, you know, it is a multidisciplinary subject. So, uh, you know, the more interested you are in in more subjects, the you know the, the the better you'll the better you'll be. But you know, there is a psychology component, absolutely. There's sociology. There's um, you know cultural studies. There's just good old fashioned kind of quants and understanding numbers and statistics. Um, there's a, a science and a you know in some ways an intuition component. So yeah, it's a, I mean, I love it. It's, a, it's, it's such a great, such a great um, subject. Yeah, I mean, I think you know you've thrown science and intuition in into the same sentence there, which is really the essence of advertising. Uh, my textbook, you mm -hmm. know, which is now massively out of date, was called Media Planning, Art or Science. It's the same thing, and I think that's the magical thing about it is, is to try and create this balance between intuition and science. And mm -hmm. you know, to also to the students out there who are amongst our listeners, um, you know. You're signing up if you're in the advertising and marketing business for a lifetime of human observation. You know, mm. in the old days when magazines ruled the earth and strode around the, the publishing world like a colossus, I would send my, my interns to go out to the CNA and have a game with themselves and to see which person picked up the, the magazine to read off the shelf. And, and nine times mm. out of every ten, you see one person, you assume it's magazine X, but they have a completely different <clears throat> response and i think observation when you're at home you've got you've got to observe how people are interacting with with social media mm. with television etc so i think you know mm. the balance uh, of intuition and science is is really important um just in terms of the the uct liberty institute uh, itself you know where where does it fit into the uct campus and doc you should have seen me i was so excited last year i uh, did a lecture for for james and he took me for a walk around the campus yes you will remember i had a pose there i think it's you know uh, and send pictures to my wife i felt fabulous <laughs> was it the main campus or the it was the school? main uh, campus um i tried tucking my tummy and you know, but <laughs> I, I think i think i was spotted a mile away <laughs> yeah. yeah so look i mean we've got this um we've got this this institute that's about 20 years old now and it was uh, initiated by Professor John Simpson, uh, um, you know, in the kind of late nineties, uh, uh, early early two thousands, and uh, with a, a partnership from Unilever, who uh, wanted to uh, donate some money to the university, and uh, kind of the discussion was around, you know, what about setting up a, a marketing institute where the focus can be uh, around South Africa, and you know, at the time and still to this day, actually, a lot of the resources and a lot of the material taught in class. Is kind of a, a, a kind of a, a Western American slash European perspective with some South African case studies, and it was just kind of this 
so unique. Uh, there's there's so much um, you know uh, around South African marketing consumer behavior that just is not easy just to import models. And um, and so let's let's start building some of our our, our own thinking on this on the subject. And uh, Unilever supported for you know for, for for many years, and we're very grateful for their contribution. And uh, last year, Liberty Life took over as our as our anchor anchor sponsor. Uh, and so, yeah, we we um, we do research. Uh, we we do focus on on consumer behavior. Uh, we um, we educate um, businesses and companies will be members of the institute, and they will um, they will um, uh, you know uh, get us into to come and, and and talk about some of our research. And then it's it's making resources for the classroom and 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 publishing in scientific journals, which is an important part of what we do uh, uh, from the point of view of giving our work legacy and allowing it to to spread in 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 academic circles. Yeah, and I think James, you know, I mean, a lot of us are familiar with the institute, and certainly, as you say, the the deep research into the complex nature of South Africa. You know, I was doing an online. Uh, I want to say a lecture, more of a facilitation two weeks ago to a, to a university in New York. And again, and one of my slides I put up was, which South Africa are we talking about? You know, because and, mm. and I was highlighting the fact that, you know, uh, we've got shopping malls and, and, and we were talking about fashion and cosmetic brands and we were talking about the Macy's Bloomingdale's examples and, and we were referencing, mm. you know, Edgar's. And I said, you know, for the sake of, we've got very similar, but then I put up some pictures of, of beauty and hair salons uh, that that are mm. very different to, to what America's, and that's the complex nature of South Africa. So, which South African, which segments? And I know that one of your other specialities is in a deep segmentation, which is which is so critical in really understanding the, the nooks and crannies of of South Africa, because we know there is no one buyer. Totally, yeah. totally, and I do think. You know, when it comes to the book, you know, I certainly wouldn't, you know, wouldn't ex- expect someone, you know, uh, uh, like yourselves, you know, to, to read the book cover to cover purely because, you know, not many experts go back and read their kind of first year, <laughs> their first year textbooks. You certainly wouldn't have an accountant reading their first year textbook again. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, to be able to, as a, you know, even as an experienced marketer, to be able to kind of cherry pick on on some of the. Uh, uh, some of the chapters, especially, you know, in part two around the consumer's world, looking at the consumer landscape and the, the retail and the media landscapes that, you know, South Africa is so unique. And I think, you know, for a, for a marketer and a consumer behaviorist, yes, as a, as a category, if I'm selling toothpaste or if, if mm. I'm selling a specific financial product, I can be thinking around segmentation based on, um, you know, certain demographics or certain behavioral things around my category. But there needs to be a foundation of understanding what is the bigger picture? Um, you know, how does, you know, how do things look, um, you know, from, from richest to poorest in South Africa? What are some of the, the big segmentation numbers? And to be able to then build from there as opposed to kind of having too insulated a view and getting very stuck in um, one's own category and missing the bigger picture. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, some of those chapters hopefully will be of, of, of use. Yeah, and I think, you know, you just make one point. I want to hand over to Gordon. I don't want to ask all the questions, but I mean, you know, you're talking about not reading your first year textbook. I, I've almost gone another way now. You know, I don't know if it's a stage of life or an age or, or introspection or whatever it is, you know. At one stage, I knew everything. Um, and now I'm not so sure anymore, you know. And so, <laughs> and, and you know, I looked at... Uh, I looked at the chapters and I, and I started looking at them at, at, with interest, you know, not 
because there's always something you don't know. There's some perspective that someone wrote, and I guess, you know, and I think also as South Africans, um, our society is so dynamic, and it's forever changing and moving and, 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 and so on and so on. So I had a different view in looking at the book yesterday. Uh, I didn't think, oh, this is, you know, I kind of know. I knew the headings, but I'm, I'm actually quite interested in, in learning, and I suppose it's that, you know, I don't want to use the cliche of lifelong learner. I don't like those buzzwords but uh yeah certainly there's something in me saying listen you know maybe you 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 can learn something and of course you can you're talking about you know first year textbooks docs in the plural i can assure you if i were to read my first year textbooks it would be the first time uh, (laughs) i read them i discovered things which were more important than education that in at university i discovered rugby beer and girls strictly in that that order and uh I, I may well revisit my textbook to see what I missed out there. Um, James, before we just talk generally about some of the other short uh, courses as well at, at, at UCT, um, uh, Institute of Strategic Marketing, um, you, you made reference to your rich-poor sort of dichotomy. And I know you and Paul Egan worked last year, or probably 2019, I've lost a year, on a really interesting model, um, income-based, which had the full spectrum um, of segmentation capability, and you even were able to put a lens onto uh, top million households. You might recall we worked on that, and I was able to fit the SEM segmentation onto that very, very, con- very reliably and very functionally. Um, have you made any progress on that? Um, is that is available? I know um, I just felt there were lots of applications for marketers out there who wanted a different segmentation tool, which was neither lifestyle nor household bound but income based did you have you had any progress on that you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media yeah so we i mean we 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 shared some of our thoughts on uh, uh in the textbook on um in the second part i think it's it's around uh around chapter uh, i think it was chapter five um, and yeah, basically, what uh, we've been working with us for, for, for quite a long time, and I think one of the one of the challenges, and it's you know, it's maybe it's an, uh, it comes up in, in conversations, and uh, everyone will talk about South Africa being this this you know um, unequal country, which is completely true. But often, when people think you know inequality, they think you know on the one hand, it's the big mansion in Houghton. And then on the other hand, it's the shack in a, in a township and they kind of, you know, you've got these two worlds living together. And that is true, but there's a massive continuum between them. And I think, you know, to have too much of a kind of a, a, a kind of a, a dichotomy and, 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 and kind of seeing the extremes too clearly can really cloud the, you know, the, the, the view of South Africa that, you know, that, that really, you know, is, is quite, quite broad. And, uh, and so what, what we've done, and, and terminology is very difficult because everyone has a different um, connotation to certain terms. If you talk about middle class, um, you know, uh, you'll have very rich people calling themselves middle class. You'll have people in the middle class saying there's no ways I'm middle class. It's, um, it's a contested term, uh, uh, as is being rich, as is being poor. So, um, you know, the, the, the terminology is difficult, but we've, we've stuck with some very basic um, terms, looking at the, the poor, the working poor, the working class, the middle class, upper middle class and top end. So we, we kind of feel like, OK, you know, these these segments, these six segments, and, and they are in the book, um, are 
um, identifiable. We can look at them. We can categorize them. There are certain livelihoods that can be attached to them, certain behaviors. Uh, and I think for marketers, at least having that as a foundation, then they could say, okay, uh, and you know what, um, agencies, and they've all got their cute names for their segments. So, you know, the rising, you know, affluence and the, you know, declining, what have you, or the young up and comers, or, you know, yeah. all their fancy seg segment names, but you've got to be able to place that in reality. You know, mm -hmm. who are, you know, who is the segment? What are their livelihoods? What are their lifestyles? You know, where are where are they living? You know, what are their, their challenges? Um, what are their aspirations? What is the likelihood of them moving, you know, to, to a, a better livelihood and a, a better situation versus being stuck? And all of those questions, I think, are important to ask before kind of jumping into kind of cute names and, and, and category segmentation. So, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a fair amount of that represented in the book. And it's, you know, for us, it's an ongoing journey and uh, we're busy working on, on, you know, looking at that model now in, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say post COVID cause it's, mm. it's not quite post COVID yet, but you know, to, to look at what the shifts are. And I think with the, the next census coming up, we'll be able to look at that again. So yeah, I think South Africa is evolving and I think keeping a finger on the pulse is, is important. James, just in terms of both the book and uh, chatting to you about the model and how it could be applied, uh, how do folks, what's the easiest way for folks to get hold of you? Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, very happy. I mean, I love anyone who's interested in marketing and consumer behavior. Um, it's always a, always a pleasure to engage at, at some level. So I am on, on, on Twitter and, uh, and LinkedIn. So, so just uh, searching for James Lafferman. Uh, and then also uh, kind of contact details are on the uh, Liberty Institute website. Uh, and that would be uh, Liberty Institute, one word, .uct.ac.za. So just before I throw back to the doc, because he's making copious notes here, um, <laughs> I just have to have a, a, a health a football health warning here that I'm also <laughs> you loading the show about academics. <laughs> I'm loading the show with Arsenal supporters. So if you follow James on Twitter, you have to accept the pain that goes with uh, post-Arsenal football games as well. I'm afraid it's not indeed, all highlights of, of joy and exciting <laughs> marketing stuff. You will You will have to accept the pain. James, <laughs> well, look, I, I appreciate the admin of, of the, the the Arsenal club. They they you know they keep posting kind of old classic games just to keep us uh, buoyant and, and hopeful. Yeah, I was, I was saying to Gordon, you know, I'm not a huge watcher of of British football, but yeah, I got a, I know enough to get around a dinner time conversation. But certainly the last year, you know, I've been watching the odd Arsenal games. So I, I know. Uh, unfortunately, you guys dipped out of the FA Cup, but you know you've picked up some form in the league. So hopefully, you know that'll continue, and uh, and you can find the back of the net. So yeah, um, James, away from away from soccer, just on to you and away from the book. And again, just as a closing point to marketers out there, I say young, I say any marketer, uh, get in, you know, a look at the book. We'll post the link uh, and 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 gain from it. This. Moving away from the book, just some of your challenges that you see facing marketers in South Africa into the future. So I think I think a big a big issue that I'm I'm a big advocate of, and there's a growing kind of swell globally, is this idea of marketers. If you're going to call yourself a marketer, you must get some training in marketing. And I think it's you know there's there's just too many people who kind of manage a Twitter account and they call themselves a marketer, and yet they just don't understand the fundamentals. And it's it's you know there's a um, yeah, there's a there's a, a desperate need for 
um, you know, marketers and those who, who would like to, um, you know, uh, who would like to be marketers and, and, and do justice to, to, the, to the industry is to make sure that you've, you've got some basic training uh, and that you're also not swept away by every person who posts a slide deck with cute new terminologies and trends. Yes, there are trends. Yes, you know, things do change. But, but at a fundamental level, there, there's basic marketing strategy that um that uh that 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 exists and that needs to be implemented uh, uh in a in a very robust way in order to build a brand and to come in with kind of hey you know everything's changed since last year and here are 20 tech trends and it just completely misses the reality of consumers it misses the reality of life um and i mean i've seen so many of these you know these big companies will introduce trend reports and they'll say oh you know 90 percent of customers are going to be doing all their shopping using voice by 2022 i'm like man that's next year and i don't know anyone who does their grocery shopping by voice so you know either there's going to be some voice apocalypse that's going to happen but you know it's it's you know virtual reality has been around for for decades already i mean i remember in primary school um, you know, reading about virtual reality. And yes, the technology's improved, but, uh, you know, uh, does that stop people from, you know, taking a, a walk to their local store and, 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 and buying, you know, in, in person? You know, uh, not at all. So I think, yes, be on top of the trends, but understand the fundamentals. And then also to have to have confidence. I think I've seen, you know, comments, people say, oh, the four Ps are dead. Uh, uh, this, the marketing mix for those of you who, who aren't, aren't familiar with it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you must be kidding me. I mean, anyone who says that really doesn't understand the fundamentals of marketing. You know, that the marketing is, uh, you know, the, the, the building blocks can't be whittled away by kind of airy-fairy trends. And so, uh, you know, you can add a trend to a fundamental, but don't, don't replace it. You know, you, you're building a, a house of cards there. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I think that would be one thing. And I think the other thing is that, you know, uh, I get of, often asked about, you know, kind of marketing in the C-suite and, you know, um, and, 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 you know, marketing's profile within, within companies. And I think the reality is that marketing is in the C-suite. It's just not always educated marketers representing the discipline. You know, by definition, you know, all points along the value creation kind of um, uh, continuum um, from the factory to the consumer involve marketing principles. Uh, and there really is no other function in a business that directly links the consumer to the C-suite and to the, to the, to the you know, production line uh, uh, other than, than the marketing function. And I think marketers need to grow in their competence and in their confidence uh, to be able to kind of step in and and to be able to kind of guide um, brands and guide companies towards a robust strategic decision making, um, and I think there's a yeah there's a wonderful wave um, and and some great shifts happening at a macro level. But I think at individual companies, as you look at the examples, uh, there's still a long way to go in kind of reclaiming that voice uh, uh, in the boardroom. So yeah, I think just to to be to, to, to be confident um, uh, in in the basics, uh, and also just to just to keep growing and keep learning. And if it means, uh, as I appreciate your humility, going back and reading chapter one and two, you know, what is marketing and and how does it fit into corporate strategy? How do marketing and corporate strategy fit together? I mean, all marketers should know that, but also the C-suite should know that. And and you know, uh, and and I don't think they always do. Yeah, okay. speech over. <laughs> no, I, I mean that's wonderful, James. And I, and I think you know just adding to what she's saying and this is my last point before i hand over to gordon to to close this out for today but i mean just 
in terms of, of that marketing is actually a discipline and that people should actually study the discipline in both sides of it. Now, if I look at, you know, and I know you use the 4P model. If I look at that, I think in my experience, a lot of, of, of those four people would associate communications, the, the promotional side as marketing. In other words, the advertising side. And again, over my 30-year career, I'd look at people, say, on the pricing side, that were quite weak. They were quite weak on the quants, on the numbers side. You know what I mean? They were probably okay in the distribution. They could, they could go on field trips and, and spend time with the dealers and all the rest of it. Okay, But I mean, there were, there were areas of, of, of probably preference. And I think that's probably one of the problems that marketing had for and, and probably continues for a little bit is it seemed to be too much of an extension of advertising and not always an extension of business strategy. And I think that's where marketers need to close the gap. You know, I don't want to say spend less time with your agency and more time with your strategist, but maybe, you know, maybe that is the case and that people can, uh, you know, close that gap. Just one last point as well. I'm just thinking, you know, as, as I'm chatting, I read an article out of, uh, I think it was a Harvard Business Review a while ago, and someone was asking one of their top strategists why they don't come up with new models. And he says, because we don't have to. The models are fine. You know, and I think that's mm-hmm. the point you make with fads is people sometimes uh, want to add new stuff because it's another shiny object when actually mm-hmm. you don't need another shiny object. Just go back to the basics, whether it's the four Ps or whichever model you, you're going to use, but understand that model and don't just choose the mm-hmm. shiny bit of the model. So, again, that's the end of my yeah. speech. But, yeah, thanks for that. And I'm going to hand over to Gordon. Yeah, look, I think all of that resonates for the media subdiscipline as well, you know, that technology changes but fundamental principles don't so one of the things right now that the world federation of advertisers is grappling with um, they're looking for what they're calling a north star that we have a common understanding of what constitutes media exposure so you know Mm. what is tv viewing and and how does it differ and how do i record my delivery my value delivery to a client whether it's on a mobile phone or on a TV set or on a laptop. So they're trying to, to, to aggregate those things and come back to recognizing that the planning of, of you know, or measuring a, an advert's exposure in terms of viewership is the same challenge it was when te- television took over from radio in, in, in the 60s in the USA. You had to come mm. up with formulas. So we've got to get back to those roots. And I think... Um, one of the other things which also is, is really critical, and I'll share this um, link as well on, on the post for, with this uh, podcast, is something which the World Federation of Advertisers is calling Project Spring, which is the realization, and I think, I think Doc, you just said it now, uh, that we seem to have dr- drifted down this, uh, the, the kind of solution to all marketing problems, just advertise more. And in actual fact, that isn't working. It's, it's, it, we have mm. an inverse kind of uh, relationship with return on investment. So they're looking in Project Spring at, I can't remember the phrase precisely from the report, but it's something like moving to a value in contribution rather than a cost saving out kind of mindset, buy more exposure, mm. but do it more cheaply. So we are actually, if I look at those two documents, Project Spring and the North Star Initiative from World Federation, getting back to basics, which I found very, very encouraging, particularly for me, because it's kind of a new lease on life. I, I haven't been uh, flushed out with the bar, with the, you know the baby in the bathwater syndrome. There's a role for going mm. back to basics, which I find incredibly encouraging. But James, thanks for the time. Um, we look forward to uh, engaging with you as this initiative evolves. I, I've also really challenged them. I probably shouldn't go live on this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I told James he's spent two years putting this book together, and he has. 
Now he's can have the weekend off because he's got to start on the media textbook uh, next weekend. <laughs> we desperately need the equivalent in this. It'll be scaled down. We're a sub-discipline. But I think this is something that could really help us move media into a, a new space in 2021. So, James, thanks for the time. I really appreciate you being here. Gordon, Doug, thanks very much for having me. What a privilege. Thanks, James. Talk again. Cheers. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.